Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Life After Cheer. Today we are talking with Mary Wolf, a top fitness expert and fitness trainer at Obey Fitness. And let me tell you, you guys are going to love today's episode. We chat all things from how to flex your confidence muscle, how to overcome imposter syndrome, and how to make fitness fun. Mary is a body sculpting fitness expert. She has been dancing her whole life and is a top tier all-around athlete. Mary knows what it takes to whip your body into shape and has a true passion for wellness and doing good for the body. She knows how to put together a crazy fun and challenging workout and teaches classes over on Obey Fitness. So I'm not going to make you guys wait any longer. Let's dive in to today's chat. They say once a cheerleader, always a cheerleader. But what happens when cheer ends? and real life begins? Welcome to Life After Cheer, the podcast for those ready to reignite their passion and live every day with the belief that anything is possible. I'm Danielle Donovan, your host and founder of CheerFit. In this podcast, we'll chat with industry leaders, experts, CEOs, and successful entrepreneurs who all share one thing in common. They too were former cheerleaders and dancers. Consider Life After Cheer your weekly pep talk with an amazing community here cheering you on. Let's do this. Oh, and real quick, before we get to the interview, I want to personally invite you to apply now to get CheerFit certified. The certification is an amazing opportunity for all former cheerleaders, dancers, and coaches. And if you're listening to this podcast, something tells me that you connect to one of these groups. Once certified, you have the opportunity to teach classes, reconnect to your cheer roots, and make extra money doing what you love. To learn more and apply for our next VIP CheerFit certification training, head on over to cheerfittraining.com slash get certified. Now let's get back to the show. All right, so in today's episode, we are chatting with Mary. Mary, I am so excited to welcome you to the CheerFit Life After Podcast show. I'm so excited to be here. I was so honored when you reached out because it was such part of my life for so long. And I was like, oh, this is easy. I could talk about this all day. So, oh my God. So happy to be here. I love it. And I'm so excited to connect. I, honestly, I feel like I know you because I've taken so many of your classes and have sweat with you through the video. And I feel like I know you, but I'm excited today to chat and connect a little bit, you know, on a deeper level. Of course. Yay. Me too. I'm sure I do get that a lot where people are like, oh yeah, I know you, but it's actually, they've just taken your totally. workouts. <laughs> like in, not as much as you would think, but- mm-hmm. I'll get like random messages about something that I said in a class like three weeks ago. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, I took your hit class and I love that movie that you talked about. I'm like, That's great. <laughs> great. <So> great. <laughs> I love it. Well, let's kick it off by just sharing a little bit more of people who may not know you yet or haven't taken your workouts. Can you just tell us a little bit about who you are and your dance and fitness journey? Yes, of course. So my name is Mary and originally from the Midwest and moved to New York City. But when I was back home, I started dancing at the ripe age of three, uh, just like I feel like many dancers do at a studio and that it, that did dance competitions and all that jazz, pun intended. And then <laughs> moved on to you know, I continued that through high school and then did it through college. It was one of my majors in college. 
So I was able to continue to do that. It was more modern based in college and then moved to New York City. And that was one of the reasons that I moved to New York City was to pursue to pursue dance. And I did that for, you know, handful of years and then kind of transitioned to fitness by way of another dancer who is also in the fitness space who said that they were auditioning for a a spin studio who was beat based. And because dancers are so beat based in themselves, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll try this out. You know, I was kind of getting into fitness, you know, since moving to New York city and I auditioned and I got the job. And I feel like a lot of dancers can relate to that because I feel like so many dancers get into the fitness space because they're so aware of their bodies, but it was, you know, an easy transition. And that's kind of what catapulted me into fitness and like loving fitness. So yeah. Amazing. I love it. And I know you mentioned too when we were chatting offline that you also had experience as an NDA instructor, right? And you had a lot of success in that realm yes. too, which I feel like was yes. kind of a transition between dance, instructor, fitness, kind of all the things. Yeah. NDA was like some of the best years of my life. I could, I was so taken aback when I got invited to be an in- instructor for NDA because I was going to camp for four years. And it was just like, I looked up to all of those instructors so much, like bow down at their feet, like got so nervous. And then when they asked me to be a part of that whole family, I think I was with them for seven years or so. Mm-hmm. So I was an instructor and then became a head instructor. So I was leading camps around the Midwest. But, you know, when I moved to New York City, I also, you know, did some East Coast and they would fly us places. And yeah, I grew up a lot during those years. That was like, we had to do so many things and just like figure it out as like young 18, 19, 20 year olds who were just like in love with dance. Yeah, that was the best experience of my life, for sure. Yeah. No, I feel like when you're just thrown into things, honestly, that's where you grow the most and you have to figure it out. And that's where you can then use that experience and translate it to so many other things. But yeah, I just got flashbacks of going to camp and and just being there. And it truly is such of the best memories. And I'm sure so many people listening to can connect with those experiences. And just those are are times that yeah, you learn so much, you learn so much about yourself. And it's really just yeah, such an amazing opportunity. Great. I mean, yeah, you woke up, you danced all day. Right. And you got to see other dancers perform and like some teams were just so amazing seeing all the choreography and then like the excitement of like bringing your own choreography and performing. It was, it was like the best type of adrenaline and just like being surrounded by inspiration and talent and yeah, loved every second of it. And I was so grateful that I got to be part of it, you know, extended from, from my high school experience. Yeah, no, definitely. And so now translating into the fitness world, what kind of similarities or things have you, you know, pulled from being a dancer or being an instructor to now translate to being a fitness instructor and in the fitness industry now? Oh, so many things. Number one, I kind of mentioned this before, just being aware of your body. I feel like dancers are some of the most body aware people just because we're moving in space constantly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's kind of like our second language. And you have to really be aware of that in the fitness industry and also know how to see that if you're working one-on-one with another person, or even if you, you know, go to the studio fitness 
space, you know, part of your job is watching other people's body move and making sure that they do it in a safe way. So that has been huge. Another is, you know, discipline. I feel like dancers Mm -hmm. have some of the best discipline, you know, in the world where it's not only time taxing, but it's body taxing. And Mm -hmm. the fitness space sometimes can be like that. I know, especially in New York City, you know, a lot of fitness trainers are doing so many things, waking up so early to train a client and doing it all the way until 8.30 p.m. and somehow Mm -hmm. fitting in their own workout in takes a little bit of discipline that I think all dancers have, like showing up and practicing and having that consistency of showing up all the time. So, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Especially with fitness too. You know, you have such crazy schedules where it's early in the morning, it's late at night. And then I feel like for dancers and cheerleaders, you're just used to that on the go, the crazy, whatever is thrown at you, let's do it type of schedule. So I can definitely see the parallel there. And so you were talking about body awareness, which I feel like also translates to body image, which is you know, such an important topic and unfortunately something that's so weaved into dance and cheer and fitness. And when you are in cheer and you are in dance, you're just constantly moving, you're constantly going. I feel like you don't even think about it as much, but then kind of after you stop, you took it for granted for always being on the go or always having something, which definitely can take a toll, you know, on us mentally and physically. Have you had that experience or can you chat a little bit more about what that transition was like for you? Mm, Yeah, it's so... It is so weaved into the culture of dance. And, you know, I'm hoping that it's seeing some changes now, but I definitely growing up, you know, I didn't even think about it a lot growing up in high school. I really didn't. I didn't compare a lot. I think in college it came subconsciously, Mm -hmm. you know, modern dance. (laughs) Fortunately, modern dance has a lot of dancers that are different shapes and sizes and, some of the best modern dancers out there are full figured, you know, full figured being a loose term, but I didn't think about it. I think what happened for me is that because I was constantly on the go, like you were saying, you know, just always used to like moving my body. And then I moved to New York city and on top of doing dance, I got a little bit into running and got into the fitness space and I was constantly walking around. So it kind of worked in the opposite way for me mm-hmm. at the beginning where I like, you know, just to be completely honest, I did lose so much weight when I was in my early twenties that actually kind of worked in the opposite way where I wasn't getting a lot of jobs because I was too thin. And it would like was mind blowing because, you know, in the other world, like the non-dance world, I was kind of getting fed compliments and it was very conflicting for me. And it was mostly from people who I was like just meeting in New York city. And it wasn't until actually that I transitioned into the fitness space that kind of reversed. I became more knowledgeable about my body and like ways I should be fueling myself, you know, exercises I should be doing. Maybe I should not go for a run. Maybe I should lift some weights you know, doing strike training stuff. And that was when I kind of started to, my body started to change because of all of that. And I started to realize that that's kind of where I should have been. And so, you know, I don't think it was, I don't think it's the dance world's fault necessarily. I think we, we put so much pressure on ourselves and we're constantly moving. I think it's, you know, actually just not informing 
the dance world as much on like, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, you're doing a lot on your body. Here's what you should also be feeling yourself with. I think, I don't think there's a lot of that education out there, especially right. when you're younger. Yeah. So. No. And something that you said was so powerful, which I resonate with as well. And I'm sure so many people listening is that the society aspect of it. So people complimenting you on quote, losing weight or being unhealthy. And then that just feeds that positive reinforcement. And, you know, I've shared about my story as well in college is when I really got more extreme with things and started using fitnesses in a really negative way. Cause my coach said something to me about, you know, looking a certain way, my uniform, and I just completely shut down and went full force into that unhealthy pattern. But then at the same time, she was also, and other people were complimenting, Oh, you look so good in your uniform. And meanwhile, nobody knows the unhealthy things that you're doing. So I feel like if anybody listening, like what you said, and just even as a takeaway, realize just those compliments aren't compliments. It's actually positive reinforcement for something really negative. So I love that you're able to to share that. And I think it's so powerful and something that people truly don't even realize, but should. Yeah. And I do, you know, just want to note that that was what was personal for me. Mm -hmm. I know that there are a lot of just like naturally thin people out there. Oh, yeah. For me, that's not where my body should have been. It was a, a pretty drastic change from where I normally am. And so it wasn't like, you know, it was reinforcing, but it was, it definitely like turned something on because I, I started to, you know, like I said, not get, I even, you know, at the, when I was transitioning into fitness, I started to even not get fitness jobs because I was mm-hmm. so thin. Mm-hmm. That's what really like hurt me. Like I wasn't getting, you know, mm-hmm. there's some reputable dance studios in New York city, you know, dance cardio. And I wasn't mm-hmm. getting jobs because they actually told me they're like, we need you to put on more weight. I was like, wait, what? I thought this was, you know, how you wanted me to look. Right. Right. You know? So that was like what really like flipped a switch is when people outside of Mm -hmm. my like bubble of friends were like, it's too much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's so interesting. And so now you talk about, you know, your experience in getting into fitness and how that really just changed and shaped you to the person that you are, you know, physically, mentally. And I absolutely love, you know, what you do now. I mentioned in the beginning that you are, you know, one of the former founding instructors, right, for Obey. But for maybe people who haven't yet taken a class or not yet sure, can you tell us a little bit about what Obey is and what that experience was, you know, becoming an instructor for them? Of course. Love Obey. I've been with them for four years. So they are a premium digital fitness service and we stream live fitness classes starting at on the weekdays, 6 a.m. all the way until 8 p.m. I think 9, 9 p.m. And it varies, you know, just depending on where you are in the country. Fitness classes all day and we have different modalities like hit, Pilates, dance, Yoga. I mean, everything that you can think of, I could name everything, but you know, so I've been working for them since the beginning, since they were in beta and I, the addition process is a little bit different than when I started now. It's evolved quite a bit since we've grown, but when I got into Obey, it was actually another former dancer in the modern dance space who I was friends with, who was also a fitness trainer who got contacted by the founders, Mark and Ashley to audition. And so she was a little bit before me. And then I came in after she had recommended me to them. Mm-hmm. I did my audition. It was very quick. I still to this day have no idea how I got the job, but I 
you know, ended up staying with them. And fortunately, and, you know, there's, it's always like a rose thorn situation. You know, the pandemic really catapulted the digital fitness Mm -hmm, space mm -hmm. so much. So we've been able to grow our team immensely. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I work on the other side of things as well, other than being a trainer. And so I, on the platform, I teach hit a hybrid of dance and hit. So we call it, we call it Mm -hmm. dance hit. It's like a, you know, a dance class where you learn choreography, but also do like some hit moves some like some high intensity moments. Pilates, I teach jump rope. We also have rebounder classes on a trampoline that we call bounce on our platform. I teach on a spin bike and which we call ride. Uh-huh. What else? Oh my God. There has to be something else. I think you so do. Like, so many things. Yeah. I remember um, taking your classes and just loving them. Like I love your energy. I love your enthusiasm. I love how you motivate people. So that actually too, you know, for people, because fitness is so cyclical, like people get in and they love it and then they kind of like fall off and then they need that revamp and that motivation again. What would you say, you know, what's your best tip for staying motivated? You know, if people are kind of just hitting that plateau or not really feeling energized or they know they want to work out, but they're not sure like, you know, where do I do? What do I start? What are your best tips for, you know, staying motivated? So, you know, I guess it comes, I would put it into like two buckets. You know, he would said like their fitness goals. So like the fitness goals bucket that can be, has to be like a little bit more specific, I would say. So depending on what your goal is, picking a, a, a trainer that you enjoy working with and picking a time of the day really, really helps me that I know that I'm going to work out and then writing it down. You know, that's if you're very like goal oriented. If it's just like kind of general motivation, do something that you like doing. Don't, you don't have to, you don't have to do hit if you don't like hit. You don't, you know, you don't have to do a dance cardio if you're like, I have two left feet, you know, but I, I even though they're fun, do something that you enjoy doing. And then I promise you, you will show up every single day. Like I promise you. Yeah, no, I love that advice because even with CheerFit, we always say that, you know, one, fitness should be fun. It should be something that, you know, you want to do. It's the highlight of your day. It's not drag myself to the gym or do my workout today or I have to do this or have to do that. Or even I feel like we've grown up in the dance and cheer world where fitness being up was always a punishment, right? You did something wrong. You have to go run laps or do burpees because you're punishing yourself for being wrong or punishing your body to look a certain way. So I think there's always that negative connotation with fitness, but I love your advice is saying, do something that you want to do. Do something that's fun because that's going to keep you motivated, keep you energized and actually enjoying the process. Yeah. And, you know, I would love to plug, you know, Obey's community is so great. And so find a fitness space that has a great community even though it seems weird at first that you might be connecting with strangers that live across the country in a different state. I think we need it now more than ever, you know, that now that we're like working at home and just having a group of people that also enjoy working out that post their workouts for the day or their milestones or something that can be really, really exciting and really motivating in itself. And just kind of surrounding yourself by all of those motivators, you know, I know that we're capable of doing it alone, but it's even better when you have a huge support system like that. I, yeah. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like we are, you know, 
for us people listening, we are so used to being part of a team, part of a squad and really feeling that connection, feeling that community. And so many times, I know I took it for granted so many times, not even realizing the power of the squad and the community I was on, because you always had people cheering you on, lifting you up, supporting you, encouraging you. And then once you age out or you're not quite cheering or dancing anymore, you kind of need to transition that community. And I think the fitness community is a perfect way to really just have that same connection, but in, you know, a little bit different of a way. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. And I know we were saying before, which, you know, you teach so many classes, you're in the stream through to so many different, in the living room of so many different people. And what's been that, the favorite part, best part of being an instructor and connecting with so many different people around the world? I mean, like I said, the community is mm-hmm. so great. Not working in a studio fitness space anymore. It's, you know, it's been hard because I love, you know, seeing that reaction from mm-hmm, mm-hmm. moves or how they're feeling or seeing them week to week. But having that larger community at Obey that is so supportive is just really awesome. And I, you know, I've, I'm friends with a lot of people, not just, you know, other instructors in the community. You know, we've gone to I've gone to concerts with members. I get my hair cut by a member. I will go get cocktails if they're in the city with a member. So it's just like great meeting people from all walks of life. And it's great hearing their story and why they joined Obey, why they continue to to work out at Obey. And it's just like a very positive space. The, the fitness space in general is really positive just because there's so many endorphins that are just floating around all the time. So it's just really inspiring to be around something like that. And I think we need that now. So yeah, I definitely agree. And so would you have said that you pictured yourself being, you know, career-wise being in the fitness industry? Is that something that you kind of pictured yourself or you more fell into it and it's just been a perfect fit since? Wow. What a question. (laughs) I would say I did not picture myself Mm -hmm. in the fitness space. No, Mm -hmm. I, I I truly didn't. I kind of moved to dance with an open, I moved to New York to do dance with an open mind. I thought I was going to fall a little bit more into some marketing role, which is funny because I do marketing at Obey now, but I thought I was going (laughs) to move on from dance completely and so be it. And I, I'm a very rational person at heart. And so I was kind of preparing for the time where I had to part with dance. Um, but I think it was just the perfect transition and just being a part of the fitness space. Just now I don't see myself leaving it, you know, whether I work behind the scenes or on stage in front of the camera, it's been the best experience. I'm forever grateful to be a part of it. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting. I just always love how people end up to where they are because it's always just so interesting of how I'm a believer, you know, things happen for a reason where the people you meet connect you to certain people. And then that just translates to a whole nother path that you wouldn't have expected otherwise. But I think it is so interesting to just see the transition and have an open mind, which you mentioned, you know, coming to this city, I think that's key. Because if you are so focused on this is the goal, this is the end goal, I have to reach X, and then something happens, it's going to throw you completely off course. So I think having an open mind too is such a great tip. And you know, just a reminder for people. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff that I think that I would have done different. And I think, you know, something I think about that if I would have maybe given advice to myself is I had a lot of imposter syndrome 
as a dancer and just growing up in that space. And I think it took me away from a lot of opportunities because I didn't think I was worthy of mm-hmm. being in the same room as other people or auditioning for us, you know, something or even just like going to take a class because I didn't think that I was good enough. And I, it constantly, and I think it still haunts me. And so I think, you know, once you get past that thought of I'm not, I'm here for a reason, mm-hmm. then I think everything changes. So I know a lot of dancers deal with a lot of imposter syndrome. Yeah. And so even in it, that also translates into the fitness world, right? There's right, a lot right. of, you know, fitness trainers, especially like trying to be on social media and, you know, you just do your thing and know that you are there for a reason and you have the right credentials for a reason and you can move your body like that for a reason. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's so powerful. And two things to kind of emphasize on, on that point, as far as being here for a reason, there's the quote, which I live by. I love, you know, if you have a vision for something, you have that vision for a reason. You are you know, doing, you're here in this spot for a reason. And it's really to focus on that instead of those negative thoughts that are going to derail you and pull you down. So do you have any, you know, mindfulness practices or things that you do when you kind of feel that imposter syndrome creeping up that you can either share or help others kind of work through to overcome that as well? Yeah. And like I said, it is a constant, constant battle. Yeah. I think what has helped me is showing up with a little bit more confidence, which I know it's easier said than done. But even if you don't think you're supposed to be in the same room with someone, you know, walking in with a little bit of confidence and really owning that space, whether it's an audition or whether you're just like taking a fitness class, really just owning it for yourself. And I know that's easier said than done. And that's not really advice, but really digging deep for that confidence and just going for it because what's the worst that could happen? What is the worst that could actually happen? I don't think you're going to embarrass yourself because I've been in so many situations where at least I tried and I'm more proud of that than not, Mm -hmm. you know, than not going to something and not saying yes to something. So yeah, having that little bit of confidence wherever you go, I think can make such a big impact. Yeah, no. And it's funny you say what's the worst that can happen as advice. I feel like that's really a common thread that's weaved through cheerleaders and dancers because on a couple different interviews now that I've been on, that's been advice that has come up through the conversation. What's the worst that can happen? Like go for the audition, go for the job, go for the thing that you're afraid of. Because honestly, I think the worst thing that could happen is that you don't do it and then you regret it. And you're always thinking about that. What if I think that's the worst than going for it and not getting it. At least you tried and then you learned. But I love that you said that because I've heard that weave through a couple of different interviews now. And I think it's definitely something that cheerleaders and dancers just have that mindset and really have to, you know, it's easier said than done. But I think reminding each other of that and being that cheerleader and being that community to support you to go after it and give it a try because why not? I think it's so important. Absolutely. Yes. And try new, try new things too. go take different classes that are outside of your, your realm and just continue to educate yourself and put yourself in vulnerable situations because you might find out that you like ballroom dancing and maybe you're good at it. And, you know, just continue to like challenge yourself and not be afraid of stepping outside of your comfort zone. I think 
We're all really, really afraid of being uncomfortable, that uncomfortable feeling of being in an audition that you're not maybe like used to a style or maybe you are so out of breath from this hit class and you get to that uncomfortable feeling of like, I can't breathe. I, I feel so uncomfortable because I don't think I'm going to make it. And I think what's, I think we're always in control of yeah. what, whatever situation we're in and we don't realize that like you can always rest or maybe you, you don't have to like go as hard as you did yesterday. Maybe you can listen to your body. So I think starting to be comfortable with being uncomfortable will help us like get to that point of being a little bit more confident. So yeah. I love that getting comfortable with being uncomfortable because that's where growth happens. That's where change happens. And you know, there's the definition of insanity, right? If you do the same thing every day and expect different results, that's insanity. And so I think with fitness, with dance, with life, with jobs, everything, you have to do things differently. And you have to try new things to get to that next level and that higher level. And then when you look back, you know, you see that path, you might not always see it moving forward and not sure if you know why things don't work out. But then I think when you look back, you really, really do realize that everything happened for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And so, you know, we talked about going out, trying new things, trying the new fitness class. And I think one of the things of trying the new fitness classes or doing new things is kind of to, you know, just enjoy that experience and go in wholeheartedly, like you said before, you know, go in open-minded. And so with your classes, you do always make them fun. They're always high energy. They're always amped up. What do you, you know, what do you think makes a fun workout or how do you make your workouts fun so people are engaged and are excited? Yeah. Wow. Thank you. What a compliment. (laughs) I think, you know, I don't know why my workouts are fun. I really like, sometimes I'm like, I don't know what I say half the time, but I have been told that I'm more relate. I'm relatable in my workouts. I don't, you know, I think there's a lot of trainers who are great motivators who are really just like, they preach you know, you're at like a sermon when you go to work out. And I'm, sometimes I can tap into that, you know, sometimes, but I think I really just, I talk to the audience kind of just like I'm having conversation, but we're doing fitness. And I think some people, they don't need that like motivation all the time. They don't need that like fluff. So I kind of just, I want to make it as fun and energetic as I can while being relatable. And I think I think that's what people latch on to is that, you know, maybe I'm like having a conversation about, you know, my favorite music, but we're also like in jump squats and, you know, so I think being motivated sometimes comes from just being relatable and just like in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I think being relatable is so key, especially for fitness instructors. And we have the chair for certification. And I always tell the, the instructors going through the program that don't try to be like somebody that you're not, you know, which we talked about too, about the imposter syndrome. Don't try to, and I think you do a really great job, you know, saying, oh my gosh, this is a really hard exercise. Or guys, I am sweating. I am dripping bullets, you know, my wiping my eyes of sweat, like being real instead of just saying, oh, this is acting like it's a breeze. It's no problem because then people feel kind of, you know, have their guard up because they feel that, oh, I can never reach that level or she's perfect and I'm not. And I think being relatable and really connecting to the audience, whether it's in fitness or, you know, in life after tour, life after dance is such a good tip because that's, people want that genuine connection and relationship. They don't want somebody to be, you know, kind of at that higher or put themselves on a pedestal that they feel like they can't connect with. 
Yeah, I think being honest comes goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Just an honest person, yes, through your words, but also just like with your actions and just how you move your body, you control a class or you know, anything like that. I think people can really see when you're being fake. And so if you're just like yeah. being honest, your honest, true self, I think people, you know, whether they, you know, think that they like your class or not, I think they'll latch on to being someone being more real than they yeah. will, you know, someone trying to put on a show right. sometimes. Um, yeah. Yeah. At least that's what I found. Yeah. And I think that that correlates too to just you have more fun when you're being yourself and you're not trying to be somebody else because then you're so focused on this fake identity or this fake person. You're not enjoying the moment. You're turning, you're on to the next. And I think enjoying the moment and just being yourself, you have way more fun doing that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Yes. So we talked about how you motivate others, but I'd love to know how do you motivate yourself? You know, on the days that you're not feeling like working out, you're not feeling be- like being on the screen, you're not feeling like doing the workout or doing the thing. How do you motivate yourself to get up and go and show up with energy? <laughs> so I know now in my 30s, just given away my age, I know now that I am happier when I move my body. I know now that if I don't move my body in the first half of the day, even if it, if it's a workout or even it's just a walk, it will affect my mood. Mm-hmm. And that's just me. Some, you know, of course I listen to my body and I'll take a rest day, but I know now what is right for me. And it's taken a lot of like trial and error of like maybe late workouts are better maybe. And I know now that like, I would rather wake up at 6 a.m. and do a workout than I would do a workout at, at 7 p.m. And I'm lucky because I do have, I do have that privilege of getting to choose. I know a lot of people have that struggle because of kids, family, you know, location. But I know now that moving my body just a little bit is what it's going to motivate me. And I know that by putting out my clothes the night before, if I know it's Mm going to be an early workout, it sounds so nerdy, but I literally lay my clothes out the night before. So I don't even have to think about it in the morning and picking my workout, knowing exactly what I'm going to do. If I'm going to do an obey workout, I actually do obey workouts a lot. Or if I'm going to go for a run, whatever I do, I know exactly what I'm going to do. So I don't even have to think about it in the morning. Yeah. So I'm a little bit of a planner and, but that Mm -hmm. has like helped me. But other than that, I I really do listen to my body now. I'm better at that. I know that's really hard, especially if you're younger, to like listen to your body. And I know that sounds so silly, but it will eventually make sense. But sometimes I will just go for a long walk and I'll be like, great. Yeah, I know. When you said listen to your body, I wrote that down to bring that back up because I think that is such a skill that – it's truly developed. I, I'm sure, you know, growing up moving and dancing and just with social media, you always feel like you should, should quote, be working out. But I think listening to your body and giving yourself that, that space to say, you know what? I'm pretty sore today. I don't feel like doing a workout. I, I feel like moving or somebody told me to, you know, give yourself that time for self care, but know that self care can be flexible. It doesn't just have to be a workout. So give yourself that time, but. If you don't feel like working out, maybe you go for a walk or maybe you journal or maybe you stretch. Is that something that you learned over time and what kind of helped you learn that to listen to your body? Because I think, again, that's easier said than done. But when you're actually faced at the point, should I work out or should I not? Where do you kind of see that parallel or that connection? Educating myself in the fitness space has really helped me. I think I always feel better when I work out. So like I said, I I typically always – 
do move my body, but it's not always a higher intensity workout, which it used to be. It always used to be right. cardio, hot yoga, and then maybe I taught fitness classes on top of that. Mm-hmm. Let me just and tell you, you that. you feel guilty, right? If you didn't right. do it. <laughs> it is. You feel like you're like, well, I did it yesterday. So mm-hmm. I, I, I can probably do that today, right? Like right. I, I can probably do that. And you do feel a sense of guilt and, you know, it's really hard to get out of that mental space when you're younger because you're seeing, especially in bigger cities, you're seeing lots of other trainers and people do classes and you're like, well, if they could do it, I can do it and I can really hold on to it. So I think what changed for me is knowing that not working out one day is not going to affect my body or Anything that I do won't affect my goals, my training. Taking one day off is not going to affect anything. And I think that's one common misconception is that like you're going to go backwards. I've heard a lot of people being like, well, I didn't work out yesterday. So I'm going to do like three classes today. And I was like, no, no, you're missing the point. I that's know, your rest I- day. <laughs> just go back to normal. Even yeah, if you take yeah. a couple days off for a vacation, just go back to normal because yeah. it will not affect you no matter how old you are. Truly. Yeah. So, you know, I've dealt with a lot of hormonal imbalances, cortisol issues because I was working out so much and it has affected me and it's not sustainable. You can't just like plot, like you can't hold on to that intensity of workouts for a long time. And the older you get and you continue to do those intense workouts, you're going to see huge effects on your body that are not good. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. just take a chill pill and you know, you don't have to go so hard all the time because the older you get, it's going to affect you. Yeah. Not, you know, trying to like scare anyone, but like just relax. Right. I love it. Just relax. Take a chill pill pill. and listen to your body. Done. (laughs) And so last, uh, yes, period, end of story, which again is just, we all no, per se, no. But I think we just need to keep hearing it and reminding ourselves of it and hearing that other people are doing it and remember that it's so important. Which leads me to my last and final question. What is the biggest lesson that you've learned as a dancer that has shaped you to the person you are today? Oh, wow. That I guess kind of two things that I can do and memorize and perform hard things. Mm. I think dancers don't get enough credit for how smart they are. And I, looking back, realized that that's a skill. The skills that I learned when I was a dancer, taking in information and then performing it through my body has translated so much through just everything that I do. What, you know, whether it's like work, taking in information and then just like going for it has really, really helped me in so many areas. And from that, I think kind of going back to what I said about confidence is that whether you think you should be in the room with those people or your job or not, walking with a little bit of confidence can go such a long way. And I think having that confidence, whether it's fake or not, is going to make you shine. And it's going to make you just shine even brighter, you know, if if it's real. But just know that Going back to what we said, knowing that you're supposed to be there for a reason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're supposed to be there for a reason, whether it's getting the job or learning a lesson from it. Yeah. yeah. So 
yeah, I guess that was kind of three things. But So good. No, I love that. And again, going back to, you know, just shining with confidence because that energy you give off, whether it's real or you're, you know, trying to make it real. But when going in with confidence, people feel that and then they instantly feel that confidence and feel that just they value you more. And I think really focusing on that confidence and strengthening that confidence muscle is so important. So I think that is Thank you for those tips and those lessons, because I think so many people just, again, need to hear that. We all know, but we need to hear it over and over and over again to be reminded of just how to keep moving forward and being confident in doing so. Yeah, absolutely. On repeat. Exactly. Yes. Yes. On repeat. I love it, Mary. This conversation has been so much fun. I love connecting. I love chatting. Like I said, I feel like I know you, but now I know you even more and can't wait to take even more classes. So leaving it off, where can people find you? What new things do you have coming up? Where can people connect to chat a little bit more with you? Of course. Yeah, you can find me on Obey Fitness. We're doing workouts if you enjoy working out at home or in the gym. We also have gym workouts. And then you can find me mostly on Instagram. I would say it's at Mary underscore Wolf. And I'm very active on there. Would love to chat more. Follow me for anything. (laughs) Sounds good. Definitely. We all follow you and keep in touch, Mary. Thanks again for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much, Danielle. Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in to Life After Cheer. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to subscribe so you never miss an episode and leave a review so others can enjoy our powerful content. Thanks so much for being part of the community and joining me every week. I'll see you next time.